Giannis, 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, the day is finally here, opening day 2022. It might, might not have felt like we'd get here, you know, a couple months ago or even earlier this week with all this rain in the forecast, but we made it, knock on wood. We're going to see some Nationals baseball tonight. Welcome in to Mass and All Access. I'm going to be your host, Amy Jennings, today in studio, but I'm joined by Bobby Blanco, who is at Nats Park. He's looking great. The field behind him, your shot looks great. How are you feeling, Bobby? We made it. <laughs> Uh, we did make it. It's exciting, Amy. I was here yesterday. It was a dark, gloom day during the warm-up, but you can see that the guys are energetic. Yeah, yeah the tarp is on behind me, but forecast looks like clear skies by 7 o'clock. Nationals move back first pitch from 4 o'clock, so I think we should be good to go tonight. What was the feel at Nats Park yesterday? You said the guys are excited. Did you see anything in particular? Uh, what was the feel there? You know what? I kind of wrote about this a little bit on MassSports.com this morning, and honestly, it was this excitement and happiness to kind of be back to normal, you know, media and players could interact face to face. Yes. We're still masked up when we're talking to players in the clubhouse or Davey Martinez in the press conference room, but on the field, we don't have to wear them when we're vaccinated. Um, you can kind of have that interaction with all of the players in a, like a more hand to hand basis. So I think even the players, although they like to make fun of us kind of being all up in their business all the time, I think they, even they appreciated the fact that we were back together in person, face-to-face, -face, and having that interaction, players and media alike. So uh, I think that's the biggest takeaway from yesterday, just the fact that we're kind of getting back to normal finally. And it'll, you'll see it all come together tonight when Nationals Park is filled to the pack, of uh, filled back a rim. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be exciting. The, the bunting is out. You can see all of the, you know, it's just the decorations are out. It feels like, I think once I put it yesterday, it feels like 2019 all over again. We're, we're back to normal. It's all about baseball. No COVID stuff or anything like that. So I think the players are excited for that. Yeah, that's awesome. It was awesome to see you in the clubhouse. And you did get to talk to Juan Soto, Davey Martinez, a few of the other leaders and old faces on this team. Let's hear uh, what they had to say yesterday uh, after their workout. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I mean, we're, we're back home. Um, we get we get to open up at home, which is really really nice as well in front of our own fans. So that's exciting. So um, you know we it's been a long day. You know as far as meetings and conversations and uh, and getting everything sorted out today instead of tomorrow. Um, usually opening day, I don't like to to talk much to anybody. I want these guys to go through their re regular routine like if it was any normal day and uh, get them ready to play. Yeah, it's uh, I mean the atmosphere is electric. I think everyone's just excited to. Um, get back up here, get some real games going after usually a long, longer spring training. Um, guys down there are getting a little sick of it, so it's always um, fun to get up here, get in front of our home fans um, tomorrow, um, be a packed house, and um, I'm just excited to take the ball. Anytime you um, you get that honor to take it, um, it's just uh, I'm, like I'm honored to, to be able to go out there tomorrow. It's awesome. I think the Nationals do an awesome job with. Um, you know, like uh, like the ceremony and, and just like the experience of like the special games, like opening day for sure is one of them. I mean, um, so like, uh, I think we're, we're excited. It'll be the first opening day with, you know, full capacity in, in a few years. And um, like I said, like, we're ready to go. 
it was pretty emotional for me uh, to come back to DC and see the city around again and everything. The stadium, my locker rooms, everything was it was fine. Uh, it was fun for me to be back again, uh, have all the media around again, <laughs> all the people that I didn't realize how many people we have. It feels like 2018 again, uh, like where we used to be. Everything was normal. Everything, everybody was in. And, we have so many, so many people around the players. So those are some of the more familiar faces on this 28-man roster, but there were a few guys who kind of snuck in here at the last minute that Bobby and I didn't really predict when, predict when we were looking at uh, the opening day roster last week. So let's take a look at that. I mean, the guys behind the plate, I think we kind of expected, of course, in Riley Adams and Caber Ruiz. And then there in the infield, Josh Bell, Cesar Hernandez, Alcides Escobar, and Michael Franco. But one person that we didn't, I don't think, expect, especially after he got sent up to Rochester is the backup infielder Lucius Fox and boy did that kid have a week he drove 21 hours up to Rochester just to get a phone call uh, that he had to be on a flight to play in the last national spring training game Bobby did this surprise you at all that he kind of snuck in there um, as a backup infielder well first of all I feel bad for Lucius Fox's car because he said it's stuck in Rochester it's freezing up there it's not used to the cold and it just drove like you said 21 hours from Florida to Rochester so that's that's a bummer on the car but I'm kind of surprising because you know he was claimed um this past off season um you know was not expected to it was more like an in-depth or sort of sorry depth uh acquisition for the Nationals um but we talked about it a lot Amy the Nationals really want versatility. David Martinez values that versatility on his bench. And for anyone who watched the Nationals' last spring training game on Tuesday on Madison against the Mets, if you watched the entire game, Lucius Fox flashed his leather at the end of that game. He turned a couple double plays late while playing shortstop. He couldn't play all over the infield. He had some experience in the outfield. So while it's a little bit of surprising because he was just a roster claim last fall and now making the opening day roster, but if you look at the kind of tools that he brings to David Martinez's bench, I think we shouldn't be that surprised. Yeah, and then moving on to the outfield, you have Juan Soto, of course, Victor Robles, Lane Thomas, Andrew Stevenson did accept an outright assignment to Rochester. So it was Yadiel Hernandez and then D. Strange Gordon who snuck out, snuck in there in the outfield, and he absolutely deserved it. I mean, after not playing at all in 2021, he absolutely lit spring training on fire. He had 455 with 15 hits in 13 games. Did anything surprise you about this outfield? Were you a little bit surprised? about Andrew Stevenson. I know we talked about him on the pod last week. Yeah, Andrew Stevenson was the big surprise here. Just the way that O'Connor was handled, you know, he had to be exposed to waivers first. Then he accepted an outright assignment to Rochester. I think he will make more money by staying into the Nationals organization because he did uh, go to arbitration with them and they did agree on a deal this year. So if and when he does make the major league roster at some point this season, he'll get that money. Um, but uh, yeah, that was kind of a scary thought for Nat. So Andrew Stevenson fans. We thought it would be come down between him and Yadiel, who will be the backup outfielder and uh, left-handed pinch hitter. You know, the one thing we talked about a little bit too, Amy, was that with the universal DH now, there's not really a need for a pinch hitter off the bench anymore. There's going like, to be a lot less double shifts or switches now. So that kind of maybe made Andrew Stevenson the odd man out right there, but he's still within the organization. We'll see him at some point up here this season. I think it's interesting that D. Strange Gordon, when the Nationals released their uh, opening day roster, he was listed under the outfield part of the roster. We know he's a utility man. We know he can play also the infield, but I think it's interesting that they listed him under the outfield section of their roster. That, that To me, that says that they're expecting to use him more in the outfield than the infield.
Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And when I was looking at uh, Mark Zuckerman's like preseason predictions, he actually, I believe it was him, predicted that D. Strange Gordon would be the player on this roster to play the most games in left field. So that kind of kind of caught me by surprise, but maybe that's how how it'll all end up. So there you go. That shakes out the infield, outfield. Of course, your first ever Nationals designated hitter is going to be Nelson Cruz. And then moving on to the rotation, and this kind of shaped up a little bit different than we might have expected uh, Bobby of course you have Patrick Corbin in there Josiah Gray Eric Fetty Anibal Sanchez that we kind of predicted even though he had that bad outing against the Cardinals in spring training and then as that fifth starter is Johan Adon who snuck in there we kind of had a feeling it might be Josh Rogers I think we both predicted that last week but it's going to yeah. end up being Johan Adon who earns that last rotation spot on opening day I think this says a lot about what the Nationals, including David Martinez and Mike Rizzo, what they think about Johan Adan and the work that he's put in this offseason and spring training. For those of you who don't remember, he, of course, made the last start of the regular season last year. He struck out nine Red Sox. And now with the Red Sox team still trying to make the playoffs in his MLB debut. Uh, and I think the Nationals are really impressed with what they see. He's the number eight ranked prospect in their system right now, making the opening day roster. Amy, I think when you and I are talking about the starting pitchers on the Nationals farm, Cavalli, Rulledge, I think we need to include Adon in that conversation too as part of a future rotation for this Nationals squad and a rotation that's going to lead the next winning national team. Yeah, you're absolutely about right about that. And then moving on to the bullpen, they're going to carry 10 relievers to start the season. A lot that we predicted, but one that's stuck in there. So we have Steve Ciszek, Sean Doolittle, Paulo Espino, Kyle Finnegan, Tanner Rainey, Andres Machado, Patrick Murphy, Mason Thompson, Austin Voth, and then Victor Arano, who earned that last spot in the Nationals' bullpen. This is a 27-year-old non-roster invite who the Nationals signed back in November. You kind of might have forgot about it or glossed over it, uh, but he has a 2.65 ERA from 2017 to 2019 with the Phillies. He made 73 appearances in that time, and then he kind of got bit by the injury bug. He had rotator cuff information in 2018, and then he had uh, L surgery in 2019 and missed much of that year. The last time he actually pitched in a major league game was in April of that year. So Bobby, was this a name that was getting much buzz, you know, towards the beginning of spring training? Were you surprised at all? Uh, I'm very surprised. I mean, I have to be honest, he wasn't really on my radar when we're talking about the bullpen. I was thinking some of the other guys that we've mentioned a lot over this past spring training and the offseason were going to fill that spot. But, you know, that's kind of the beauty of spring training. He's a non-roster invitee. We've heard Mike Rizzo say, we've heard Dave Martinez say, like those are the guys that need to earn their spots. Nothing's given to them. Um, and, you know, they are easily expendable. So credit to Victor for coming in and earning a spot. I think Mark Zuckerman on MassInSports.com earlier this week had an article post that was like, what did we gloss over and what did we make too much of? And I think one of the things we made too much of was who's going to be the Nationals' closer this year. And Dave Martinez has it named a closer. And what we glossed over was guys like Victor. And the guys who are going to be non-roster invitees who have a chance to make this squad, you can tie that back into Lucius Fox as well because he came on late this season. So uh, I think it's a bit surprising. The other thing of note of the bullpen, only lefty Sean Doolittle. He was asked about that yesterday in the clubhouse, and he said he's not really concerned. They all kind of know that they can take their uh, spots and are ready for whenever David Martinez calls upon them. So the non-closer role 
And then also only one lefty in the bullpen does not seem to be a concern for these relievers. Yep, no, I mean, they'll just have to maximize their opportunities, take them as they come. And like we've talked about a lot in a few weeks, it might be a completely different bullpen than we see here on opening day. So let's get to opening day. Patrick Corbin officially named tonight's starter. Bobby, do you think that this could be the start of a comeback season almost, if you will, at this point for Patrick Corbin? I certainly hope so. I, I think you and I talked about it a little bit last week. Um, you know, I, I personally feel like you know, we've seen too much of good from Patrick Corbin, even going back to his days of the Diamondbacks, uh, that the last year and 2020 was a shortened season, of course, but those last two seasons combined cannot be the Patrick Corbin, the national sign back in December of 2018. I really think he's supposed to be a bounce back year. And look, he's going to have to be, right? He's now the opening day starter Steven Strasburg on the 10-day IL still recovering from his offseason surgery so he's going to be the front man as long and Mike Rizzo was heard on the radio earlier this week saying Strauss might not be ready till May or June so Patrick Corbin's going to be the number one guy for at least the first full month if not two months of the season um, and another note that I dug up you know this this is a small potatoes right but it's just kind of a note you know the last time Patrick Corbin opened or started on opening day was with the Diamondbacks in 2018 he was an all-star uh, he finished fifth in National League Cy Young voting. And, of course, he earned that mega contract to sign with the Nationals that offseason. So not saying that starting opening day is going to lead Patrick Corbin to a Cy Young performance type season. But I think, you know, he is poised for a bounce back year this year. And I think the, the Nationals definitely, definitely are going to need to do yeah, and that last opening day outing in 2018, he went five and two-thirds and struck out eight for a win. So maybe that's the Patrick Corbin uh, that the Nationals will get tonight. And he's going to face Tyler McGill uh, for the Mets. He's a 26-year-old right-hander. He went four and six last year with a 4.52 ERA and 18 starts. That was his rookie season. Um, he went one and one in his two starts versus the Nationals with six earned runs, three home runs over 11 innings to earn a 491 ERA. So what do you, do you like this matchup? I mean, we're not going to get to see DeGrom here in this opening series and possibly not for a few months. And then Max Scherzer, we're still not really sure. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of Nationals fans were really hoping Max would take the mound for opening day. It'd be cool to see Max versus Patrick uh, tonight, but don't worry because you're going to get Max versus Josiah Gray Friday night at Nationals Park. So that's a pretty interesting matchup in and of itself. But yeah, back to opening day. Uh, I think that we might see a lot of offense. Uh, you mentioned the Nationals numbers against McGill uh, last season and McGill Suzy. And um, I, I think that the Nationals offense, look, that's going to be their strong strength this year, right? Uh, uh, the be able to score offense and, and, and runs. So I think they're going to be able to get to him. He did not do well. He had a pretty solid rookie campaign last year before the Mets. The manager, Buck Walter told the New York media yesterday that he's earned that spot. They trust him. So they're not just throwing, you know, some old second-year guy out there. He's, a, a, you know, a candidate to be one of their middle rotation arms. So this is a big assignment for him. I do think the Nationals offense can get to him tonight. Uh, maybe the jitters get to him. And Patrick Corbin, having been in this position before, a little more veteran experience can kind of uh, maybe – he says he's going to be amped up. You know, I, maybe not so much nervous, more excited. The crowd's going to be behind him. So maybe Patrick Corbin can outduel him tonight while the Nats offense picks him up. 
Yeah, and this is an offense that really continued to put on a show through the entire season, even after the trade deadline. And uh, let's take a look at tonight's lineup against the Mets. Uh, Cesar Hernandez taking that leadoff role. Uh, we talked about this last week, whether he will end up leading off the most games for the Nationals. Maybe it'll end up being Lane Thomas by the end of the season. We'll just have to see. Juan Soto hitting in that two spot. Then you have your DH, Nelson Cruz, who really came, came alive at the end of spring training, a huge home run there in that last game against the Mets. Then you have Josh Bell hitting cleanup, Caber Ruiz, Lane Thomas, Michael Franco, Alcides Escobar, and then Victor Robles. Do you, I mean, I kind of like this lineup. I think they could do some damage today, Bobby. Do you like it? Yeah, it's kind of the same lineup that we've seen David Martinez employ the past week or so at spring training when all the guys were available. The only difference is uh, Franco did move up to the seventh spot. Alcides Escobar moved down to the eighth spot ahead of Victor Robles. And yeah, the top of the lineup is probably as good as you can get. As long as Cesar Hernandez can get on base, set that table for Soto, Cruz, and Bell, I think the Nationals offense could be poised to score a lot of runs this year. And, you know, Nelson Cruz only hit two home runs in spring training. That second one was a grand slam on Mastin on Tuesday. Who was on base for that? Victor Robles, Cesar Hernandez and Juan Soto ahead of him. So that is the ideal situation for there, uh, for the David Martinez, where you have the nine-hole hitter also acting as that kind of second leadoff guy. A lot's going to fall upon Victor Robles to get on base this year. We know of his offensive struggles last year and his demotion late sum late in the summer. But um, if he can do something, just anything will be better, right? And get on base, kind of help take the pressure off Cesar Hernandez in that leadoff role and get guys on base for Soto, Cruz, Bell. The Nationals can score a lot of runs. And you talk a lot about Victor Robles there and getting on base, having productive at-bats. And I liked what Davey Martinez says is he wants Victor Robles to be his center fielder. Uh, it's just a matter of having productive at-bats, getting on base, smarter base running, and playing smarter in the field. So we're hoping for, for a turnaround for Victor Robles as well. Uh, before we get to some season predictions, Bobby, what's your prediction for this opening series? Opening series? Uh, Four-game series, um, I'm predicting no rainouts. How about that? That's a, that's a, that's like a good that. start. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to play tonight, and we'll play tomorrow night and throughout the weekend. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be an even split. I think Max Scherzer is going to have one heck of a debut for the Mets tomorrow night. I, I know that's going to hurt Nationals fans' hearts, but I do think that that's going to happen. I think Max is going to have some success just because he's going to have so much adrenaline, and we've seen him pitch at, on the biggest moments the sport can offer. And he's performed at the highest level. So I think he's going to do that same thing tomorrow night. But I do think Patrick Corbin gets off to a good start tonight. I think the Nationals get a, a curly W on opening day. And then they split the rest of the weekend. So I think it's going to be a 2-2 even split heading to Atlanta. All right. I like it, Bobby. I like it. Um, okay. So let's move on to some season predictions. We're going to name the Nationals MVP, Cy Young, Reliever of the Year, and rookie of the year. Bobby, I will let you make your predictions first, and then I'll give you mine. Okay, I'll go MVP. It's going to have to be Juan Soto. I think I predicted him to lead uh, the Nationals in home runs this year and RBIs. I think he's still going to walk a lot. I don't think he's going to get close to 150, but still like 130-ish above. Um, and I think Cruz and Bell behind him are going to have really strong years. I think Soto, he's, he's going to be a National League MVP candidate, so he can't not be the Nationals MVP, right? Um, Cy Young, I want to give it to Patrick Corbin. I hope, I think he's going to end up leading the team in uh, wins. I know we don't really count wins as a, a strong record or a stat to count for pitchers, starting pitchers, but 
I think he does lead the team in wins. I think he does have a much better ERA this year, has the strikeout numbers. Um, I, the biggest question mark right there, of course, is Steven Strasburg. When does he return? He'll play a factor in that role. You hope just uh, like Gray has a strong season, but I think it's going to be Patrick Corbin's going to be the best starter this year. And reliever, I think I'm going to double back and go against what I said a, a week ago. And I think the best reliever this year is actually going to be Tanner Rainey. And I know I said last week that I was not expecting Tanner Rainey to have that strong of a season. But if he does anything like he did in 2020, he could be one of the best relievers in the National League. And I know it's a lot putting a lot on a young pitcher who had obviously did not have a strong year last year. But I think I really think that Tanner Rainey can have a strong season and he'll be one of their most reliable relievers out of that bullpen. Rookie, that's so hard to tell. The easy pick is Cavalli, right? We both picked him to make his debut sometime this year. And we both also agree that once Cavalli comes up, uh, he'll be up for the rest of the season. They're not going to bring him up for, for one spot start and send him back down to Rochester. So I think Cavalli will end up coming up, performing pretty well, and be the Nationals Rookie of the Year. All right, Bobby. I think I pretty much agree with you almost the whole way. I know this is surprising. Juan Soto, MVP, didn't see that coming. Cy Young, Patrick <laughs> Corbin. I have faith uh, that he's going to have a bounce back year and really um, live up to that contract that the Nationals gave him back in 2019. Reliever of the year, I also have Tanner Rainey. I think I call, uh, said he was going to have the most saves um, out of this bullpen, and I, I really think he's going to develop into what he can be and, and an important piece in this bullpen. But rookie of the year, I think I'm going to have to go with Caber Ruiz. I mean, the bat's hot. Um, I think he's going to carry this offense um, for a little bit of the season, and, and I'm, I'm high on Caper Ruiz. <laughs> on my season predictions for Mark Zuckerman's piece this morning, I said Caper Ruiz will have more home runs than Vic, uh, Nelson Cruz, not Josh Bell. Definitely Nelson Cruz as a national, because, again, we think Cruz is going to be traded. I think Caper finishes more home runs than Cruz this year as a national, though. Okay. All right. So going to our league-wide season predictions or even postseason predictions, I guess let's start with the National League. I'll give you my division winners and then my three uh, wild card picks. So I have the Dodgers winning the NL West. I have the Brewers winning the NL Central. And then I have the Braves winning the NL East. Um, and my wild card picks are the Giants, Padres, and Mets. Giants, Padres, and Mets. Okay. Uh, for my National League, I am pretty sure. I think I'm the only one. And I know for a fact, so you picked the Braves. I'm the only one on uh, Mark Zuckerman's season predictions that picked the Braves to win the uh, – sorry, the Mets to win the National League East. Um, everyone else picked the Braves. I think I'm going to have the Mets. It's, it's their time. I think Steve Cohen put so much money into this team. Anything short of a division title is going to be a huge disappointment for them. Um, I think they put it all together with Max leading the front. As long as he's healthy, as long as DeGrom comes back healthy, I think they bounce back and dethrone the Braves atop of the NL East. And then for the rest, I'm, I'm all like you. I have the Dodgers out west and the Brewers in the central. And then for my wild cards, I have the Phillies, Phillies, Giants, and Padres. So I do not have the defending World Series Braves even making the playoffs this year. Bobby, I have Phillies, wow. Giants, and Padres. Yep. Why are you out on the Braves? I think I think that loss to Freddie Freeman is really going to not hurt. Obviously, you know, they they filled that hole with Matt Olson at first base, but I think it's going to hurt the clubhouse. I think the fan base is disappointed. I want to see Acuna. I mean, what does he look like after tearing his ACL? I know they're easier to bounce back this year, but 
I'm not trusting Ronald Acuna Jr. to be Ronald Acuna Jr. until I see him get a couple months into the season putting up his numbers and staying healthy. Uh, I know they have a great pitching staff. They obviously won the World Series last year, so they have a great manager and front office. I, I just think, you know, this sustained success isn't going to last for so long. They lost their heart and soul in Freddie Freeman, so I think it's time for the Mets to overtake them. And that kind of surprises me, Bobby, because you're always, um, what you're saying, you know, like... The, the Mets the, will always met. Yeah, the Mets will always met, and the division winner, you always say, has to be the favorite, right? Yeah, I mean, that's true. You're right. I mean, some you can't be the... You're, you're the favorite until someone knocks you off. That, that's true, but you, I, some, I mean, not a lot changed for the Braves. They still have a great squad. They're still... I, Clearly, everyone else thinks they're going to win the division. I'm just going to go be out on a limb and be just a little different than everybody else and take the Mets. Um, I, yeah, I, I no, but you're right. They are the top dog until someone knocks them up. It's going to take a lot. You know, the Mets aren't just going to walk to the division title, or the Phillies aren't going to just walk to the wild card. It's going to be a tough division. And look, this Nationals team, they're not going to win a lot of games, but they're going to be frisky. They're going to be pesky. They're going to be hard to get rid of. It's so same with the Marlins. So it's not an easy division for these guys to walk through to a championship or to the playoffs. So. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for all three, all three of those teams, and they're going to be fighting out for those division title and three wild card spots. Yeah, that's very true. So, moving on to my American League picks, I have the Astros winning the AL West. I think they're really the only option um, in that division. Then the White Sox winning the AL Central, the Rays winning the East, and then I have the Jays, Red Sox, and Twins in my wild card spots. Not your Yankees. No. Nope. They didn't get any pitching unless they, you know, have a good first half with what they have and then they go after some pitching at the deadline. I don't think they're going to be able to get it done. They need arms. Uh, all right. I think I have a, a good – I think I have the same uh, – no, I, not that much. A little, we're a little different here. Okay, so I have Astros out west like you do. I have the White Sox in the central like you do. But in the American League East, I'm actually taking the Blue Jays um, this year. They did a lot this offseason. Black Guerrero. Junior is going to be an American League MVP candidate, maybe win the whole thing. Um, and then for the wild cards, I have the Rays. I think the Angels finally get back to the playoffs with a healthy uh, Buck Trout and Anthony Rendon. Shohei leads the way as well. And I think your Yankees actually do squeak in and beat out the Red Sox uh, for um, the last wild card spot in the American League. Okay, yeah, I think that the AL East, all those spots are kind of like interchangeable. I kept going back and forth and back and forth. I almost picked the Jays to win uh, the division as well. So I have the Dodgers Rays in my World Series. Dodgers Rays, the repeat of 2020? Yes. Okay, I have Dodgers White Sox just to get something new in there. I I, White Sox, that fan base deserves a lot right now. I mean, it would be really cool if they got back in there, had a really strong season. I know their season last year ended in disappointment after so much hype, so maybe this year they follow through. The Rays are a great team. I, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I think they're going to have a strong campaign. I, I pretty good make the playoffs, um, but I, I don't see what has put them over the top this year. Then, and, and I just don't think anyone's going to beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers are unfair. They're the Monstars. All right, we'll see. My predictions never even come close to being accurate. So maybe this is the year, Bobby. One of us uh, will get it right. Uh, Before you get out of here, what's what's on the ballpark food agenda for you tonight? Oh, great call. So I did not get to go on the ballpark tour yesterday with the media. I know our O's bros did do that, taste some fun uh, new treats at Camden Yards here at Nationals Park. Did not get to taste. Um, many new food. I'm going to go wander around though. I have a sheet. I have a rundown. 
Uh, I know where things are. I'm going to take a look. Um, I, I, I can't give an answer, and I don't know what's new at the ballpark yet in terms of food. Uh, I know they have snacks here in the press box. You know, you can't beat Shake Shack, though. I mean, that's always a classic. Um, that was my, like, lucky World Series run dinner. You know, Paul Mancano can vouch for me right there. We would get Shake Shack every single home game uh, during the 2019 uh, postseason. So that's a, that's a good fallback, but I'm definitely going to see what's new at the park. Uh, and, and also, I mean, we're expecting a packed crowd here, right? So lines are going to be long, I feel like. So luckily, they still do the mobile ordering here at Nationals Park. So you can just sit at your seat, go on the ballpark app, order. So hopefully lines aren't too long. And before we get out of here, Amy, some good news. I'm no weatherman or meteorologist, but it does look like the sun is trying to crack through. So it looks like we're going to get some clear skies. What yes. time is it? We are about... We're about four hours from first pitch, um, so I'm not sure if any more is rolling through, but it's starting to get a little brighter here at Nationals Park, so all signs looking good for tonight. No drizzles right now? I, I'm indoors. It doesn't look like it. It looks pretty dry, actually. The tarp looks actually kind of dry. Um, the grass looks, looks bright green. Um, I can see kind of puddles on the concourse, but they don't look like they have any splashes on it was misting earlier, but uh, that's my weather report right now. Yeah, Bobby, I think no you, more mist. I and think sun. you could be a meteorologist. You might have to bring you wow. on for that. That could be your next yeah. career. <laughs> I hope not, because I I I did very poorly in a weather class at Maryland, so I I probably not the best uh, person for that job. <laughs> All right, anything else before we get out of here, Bobby? Um, I think my one last note. I think it'll be. We talked a little bit about the bullpen. It will be interesting because we know. Starting pitchers did not get a lot of innings in spring trainings, the shortened spring training. The one thing I'm going to keep an eye on tonight, who's the first couple guys out of that bullpen for David Martinez against this Mets lineup? Who's he trust the most? It also depends on the situation, of course, but also say the Nationals are up a run or even tied late in the game. Who's going to get that call out of the bullpen? I think it's going to be very interesting because we know he has not announced the closer yet. Yep, you're right about that. Well, thanks for hopping on, Bobby. Enjoy opening day. I'll let you go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amy. Thanks to Brendan. Thanks to Paul. Amy, hopefully next time I see you, you'll be down here in National Park with me. That's right. All right, well, you can follow him. He'll be Katja covered from the game at Nats Park. That's Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. Of course, you can follow along with Mark Zuckerman's coverage from the, from the ballpark as well. Uh, first pitch scheduled for 7.05 tonight, fingers crossed, with no weather um, delays. Uh, and then, of course, you can catch Nats Extra before that. Happy opening day, Nats fans, and we'll catch you next time.